Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jazz here, and I am so digging the GeekCast Radio Network. Greetings, humans. This is Starscream. And you're listening to ToyCast. And if any of you call me a potsformer, one more time! Now, Toycast. Oh, yes. Listen in to the only toy podcast you will ever need. Well, thank you, Roosevelt. What's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn hot. Real hot. Hot in this is my shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. Well, can you tell me what it feels like? Fool, what is hot? I told you again. Were you born on the sun? It's damn hot. Hello, and welcome to an all new generation of Toycast. I'm, of course, TFG and Mike. Joining me this time around is Josh the Floorburger. Hello, sir. What's going on? Happy summer. I'm sorry if you hear my pina colada mm-hmm. jittering around back here, but uh, it, it is summertime and I'm on break. Yes, yes, you are. And. It is, as Robin Williams said at the top of the show, it is hot. It is damn hot. It is the middle of August, and we are the toys of summer here on ToyCast. Oh, boy. Summer Isn't toys. is there a Boys of Summer song mm-hmm. that should be played mm-hmm. over the opening of this? Uh, we would get sued for that, but yeah, technically there is. What if I sing it instead? E- no. <laughs> I could just work in toys of summer instead. So let's see. Where's the lyrics for this? Stop it. There we go. Nobody on the road. Nobody on the beach. Yeah, no, it's not going to work. Feel it in the air. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. Stop. You're failing miserably. After the toys of summer have gone. There we go. That's po- that's one. Podcast of- over, folks. Shortest podcast of my life. <laughs> Hey, I'm glad I could set a new new record there. <laughs> yes, uh, Toys of Summer. Uh, we did uh, earlier this year, or was it last year? I don't remember. Um, Steve Megatron and I talked about Super Soakers over on Studio 2009, where in that podcast we talk about mostly movies and 
stuff, but I usually aim it towards the visual or audio medium kind of thing where it's like we talked about our favorite toy ads in one episode and then that kind of thing. So this was obviously before toy cast came back. Uh, but we did, uh, the super soak nineties and we talked all about super soakers back in November of 2020, but yes, the toys of summer, you have a list, sir. Let's start with the squirt guns. Well, I, I, I did want to mention why this was actually a show interesting to me or why something mm-hmm. that meant a lot is that, uh, since I'm still in education, mm-hmm. I've had summers off almost my entire life. Now, granted, for 12 years, I have been working summer school, so I really only get about a week off there. But I think summer is such a great opportunity for unstructured play and development for kiddos. Mm-hmm. It, and maybe nowadays it's a little different with all the electronics out there. But back in the day you had so many different options for stimulus. It didn't just have to be video games. And usually, I don't know about you, but as a kid, I would reserve nighttime in the summer for video games. Oh, yeah. So I was outside either in a pool, on a trampoline, out in the yard, riding mm-hmm. my bike. But there were always notable things. Now, I also had the fortune that both myself and my brother each had summer birthdays. So our birthdays always meant something big for us, and that was new toys. So new toys, exciting toys, and the summer have always gone in tandem for me. So this was a topic that I was kind of looking forward to, and I really had to rack my brain. And I (laughs) I think we have a pretty good variety to go with. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mentioned to you off air that I never really like there are summertime things that you quote unquote play with like playing baseball or playing soccer or hell even football or basketball or whatever. Cause you can play all of that stuff outside uh, field hockey, that kind of stuff. And I know that technically people would qualify those under just sports, but back in the eighties, there was no internet there. Like, yes, there were video games, but video games were in their infancy. We had Atari, Nintendo, Sega, we had uh, Tiger Electronic handheld video games. We had other handheld video game kind of things. But for me, summertime was reading, watching TV, and obviously going outside and playing baseball or softball or whatever kind of thing. And obviously going to this, you know, it's like the YMCA or whatever and going swimming and Actually, it's funny. It's not funny, but it's uh, ironic. Two of my family members, uh, they have family. It's two of my aunts. Uh, My Aunt Debbie, her, I want to say her grandfather had a pool. And my Aunt Rose, her mom and dad had a pool. And this was up in Massachusetts. Uh, one was in Quincy, Mass., and the other one was in, I forget, uh, somewhere around that area. And uh, we would always go up to Rose's mom's pool, and we would always have cookouts, and I would just be in the pool all day long. Like, I wouldn't, I'd just be, I, I was a frog as a kid. And uh, the, the funny thing about my Aunt Debbie's grandfather's pool is that, uh, you know how you get to those moments where everybody's ready to leave? but you want to go dip in the pool one more time yep. kind of thing. Well, my life. 
where it's so weird. So this pool was built around an area that had overhanging trees. So if the wind blew the wrong way, leaves would fall into the pool and they would always be cleaning the pool. They would always be skimming it and getting all the crap out of it and everything else. Well, my cousin Rachel let the skimmer go and it fell into the deep end. This is either going to become very ominous or very exciting. I'm not sure yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> this is actually a story. I believe it's in one of my books of poetry, but <laughs> it was called The Dive. Okay. So I've never, like, when it comes to swimming, I jump in, I do cannonballs, I do whatever, but I immediately get to the, when I was, especially more so when I was a kid, I would immediately go to the shallow end because being half, you know, I'm disabled, so I only have full use of half of my body, my left side. Can't exactly tread water in a deep end of a nine-foot-deep pool. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, so, it wasn't until I was an adult that I could actually properly tread water. So Yeah, that's fine. But the, the point is, this happened in 1994, four, five, or six. Anyway, so... Rachel, my cousin Rachel, was already dressed, and I wasn't. I, I was still in my swim gear. So I'm like, I'll get it. First time I ever dove headfirst into a pool, ever. As I'm trying to swim with one arm down there to get the stoop. And like I said, it's a nine, It's a traditional nine-foot deep pool, you know, three feet at the shallow end, nine feet at the deep end. I get down there, I get the thing, and I'm like, okay, I need to swim up. I need to get I just had to eventually just stop trying to swim up and just let the water bring me up. Because the more I tried to swim, I wasn't actually going anywhere. <laughs> but the point is, is I jumped in bathing suit, t-shirt and all, and saved the skimmer kind of thing because you're not supposed to obviously leave them in the pool or whatever. Anyway. Well, if you want to use them, but Hey, you had your Hasselhoff moment. I'm surprised (laughs) you didn't have like a little slow-mo action (laughs) or jumping in there. Yeah. Sadly, the kit was not around. I mean, I I would have just used the winch on kit, but yeah, no, you didn't (sighs) use that, that crazy uh, strapped on floaty that they had in there. And yeah, I, I was 14 at the time and I I'm going to have to look it up to figure it out but I do not I think Baywatch started in 90 but I don't remember off the top of my head anyway I my point in saying all of this is like I never had like oh these are my summer G.I. Joes these are my winter G.I. Joes kind of thing so that's why I said you have a list and you're going to explain why you have this list. Oh, sure. And and it's not so much having summer. It, I, a lot of it comes down to very much the, just the timing of, of birthdays and Christmas for me. Cause I, I, I would every six months I'd get a new fleet of GI Joes or something like that. And we'll explain that in a second. But I, I think one of the number one things that most people played with in the summer, because if you're running around in January with one of these, you're going to get, a lot of people angry at you, but it has to be that any sort of a squirt gun. 
And the big one that most people remember is going to be Super Soakers. It had that great alliteration. Mm -hmm. They're very common. But I only had, I think, maybe two legitimate licensed Super Soakers growing up. I think it was maybe the 25 and the 50. I'd have to look it up. But it's like the neon yellow, green Mm -hmm. one, and blue one. And I only had two of those growing up. But I also had some other great alternatives. And and it, 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 I think everybody had an alternative to a super soaker at some point in time. But you can never remember the name of them. So I found two. Let's see <laughs> if I can pull them up real quick. Uh, one is called a hydro shooter, which is actually a somewhat more obscure one uh, that came out right around the time Men in Black came out. And if you look at the mm-hmm. actual gun, it does look like the giant blasters that they had in that movie. So mm-hmm. that really fit a lot of, you know, let's run around and shoot giant bugs. And then there's another one called the ZX2000 Backpack. And I remember yep. this one very clearly. And if you see the picture, and we'll put it in the show notes, there's young young person on the front of that box, and he's got some great, 80s 90s neon i don't even know what mm-hmm. you describe retro glasses yeah but i remember as a kid having that i don't know what year this came out but that backpack was probably i might as well have had two center blocks in my back running around <laughs> with this thing <laughs> so yeah. what we eventually learned once the tube broke off of the actual tank you just put the tube in the pool with us and you could still use it in the mm-hmm. same exact way and we're like this is amazing but for any Ghostbusters fan, this looks a lot like the Kenner uh, Proton Blaster. So I, I liked the more alternative options. The Hydro Shooter just looked cool. The Super Soaker was great. It was durable. I mean, you could throw that thing down the stairs, leave it outside over the winter, mm-hmm. pick it up the next summer, and it yeah. worked. But I even liked the cheap little translucent ones. Sometimes those were the most fun, most fun ones you could get until you dropped it and it shattered. But Squirt guns were just a refreshing, easy way to have fun. Your ammunition was unlimited. It's not like Nerf guns today, like my neighbor's kids running around. I find Nerf (laughs) darts and balls in my yard all the time, which to me is like, wow, that's great. They're outside playing. That's the best thing they could be doing. But you run out of that eventually. Water is a lot more uh, easy to come by. Yes, yes, it is. And the funny thing is you're saying this about your neighbors and their kids. It's a good thing they don't have disc guns. So imagine a water gun, imagine a Nerf gun, whatever. Obviously, Nerf gun shoots out the darts or the balls or whatever. As a kid in the 80s at one of the fairs we went to, I ended up with basically a Nerf, a very, very, it was more... More on the lines of a Nerf pistol kind of thing. It was basically like a pistol type of gun, yeah. but it was discs. It was hard plastic discs. Was and it like, orange? Probably. I think I had the same thing. Okay, yeah, probably. But, uh, you know, just be thankful it's not those. And Would it right. shock you that I have some of those discs actually available? I don't have the gun, but I have the discs. <laughs> no, it wouldn't, because you keep everything half the time. It, uh, it, it's in a bin of, of parts and accessories yes, I've been trying yes. to identify. That's where, where, <laughs> why it's in there. Uh, so, you know, for me, with, like to me, Super Soakers were the ultimate like the bigger like 
Anybody, I forget where, I think it's, I think it's in season one. It would have to be in season one or season two. Anybody ever watch Boy Meets World? Water War Time Court! <laughs> war brings out the beast in Minkus. <laughs> you kids in your water wars. I'd love to join you, but I'm having way too much fun here. You're bailing on the water war? There is an episode where Corey has to basically be Tom Sawyer and paint, repaint Mr. Feeney's fence. But there's a water war going on. Everybody in the school has these super soaker looking like water guns. And the bigger the gun, the more badass you are. So when I was a kid, super soaker 50, eh, that's okay. Super soaker 100, that's great. You had the 250, you were king kind of thing. And for the most part, I only ever had really, really small, cheap water guns. Like the really, really small hand. They they came in multicolors. Yeah. They came in neon orange, green, yellow, pink. And they, like I said, they're basically just pistols kind of thing. And yeah, eh, I don't know. But there was one thing about the Super Soaker, and I don't know if you remember this at all. There was just something about the grip compared to some other squirt guns that I had at the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if the current reboot, whatever ones they have right now, re-releases feel the same. I haven't actually seen them. But I just remember one of the first times getting one of my hands, I was at a local uh, community pool. Mm -hmm. And somebody let me use it. And there was just something about that constant air pressure driven stream and just the feel of the handle i mean again the the hydro shooters great squirt guns really obscure hard to find right now the uh zx 2000 water gun backpack again a decent one but there is just something about the super soaker that again it it was the cadillac it was the Mm -hmm. the what's another really good car for our i don't know if i call mustang but yeah it was the mustang the cadillac of squirt guns at the time and the way the technology worked i had no idea i was a dumb kid you just pumped it and you went to town that sounds bad we're moving on next topic here we go (laughs) wait 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 because like i said and i will put this in the show notes as well steve megatron and i talked about all of the super soaker stuff originally it was because back in the day it was done by Laramie Corp, which yeah. was founded in 1947. Well, now Nerf and Super Soaker and all the Nerf stuff is Hasbro. So I don't think I'm looking here. I don't see any current Super Soakers. I, I pretty much like. I never saw them, but I know that they re-released the 50 and the 100 this summer. Never saw them once. I wasn't really looking for them, but I know they re-released them for this summer. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. Like They may have re-released the 50 or the 100, but there hasn't been any new, like, upgraded versions of the Super Soaker within the last two to three years. I couldn't speak to it, but I know that they've always had something out there. Yeah. The Nerf Hasbro website is advertising the XP100, mm-hmm. the XP30. Yeah, that's the latest stuff. But, again, you don't see advertisements now like you did then with it. Like, it, I, seriously, 
I don't remember the last time. Last I actually do remember the last time I saw a Super Soaker ad on an actual television. It was 1991. <laughs> like you don't see them advertised nowadays. Well, the funny thing, like for me, I, since I don't really watch uh, any sort of TV that has commercials, we just have Hulu and Netflix and all mm-hmm. that. And even if I did, I don't really watch any of the channels nor watch tv at the time that you would see those pop up no i i don't i don't see a lot of those commercials i don't even know if they exist anymore but oh sure they do oh i'm sure they do but i just i haven't seen that stuff like i'm almost curious one day to just find nickelodeon and and see what they're still advertising to kiddos these days because i have no idea I, I we can go on youtube and find all those great old commercials you want to see some ridiculous squirt gun commercials the, the mm-hmm. one headset one that you yell oh, yeah. fire into yep uh, where is that one yeah that's like i said steve and i did this whole thing so i went down the whole rabbit hole of super soaker ads and i grabbed all the audio so people go over to studio uh, studio 2009 episode 11 the super soaked 90s after you listen to this of course all right did you know, folks, you can put your G.I. Joes in the water? <laughs> so I'll be honest to say, uh, when it came to G.I. Joe, every birthday, my birthday is June 29th, so I would get maybe two, three weeks off from summer and then hit my birthday. So I always got some level of new G.I. Joes. I, I don't know if I got them the, the year they came out or if they're at like a liquidator, such as a, a KB Toys, but mm-hmm. I threw a couple just for example, that I knew I had when I was a kid, and I'm actually going to have to open a new window just to open some of these up. <laughs> but it, the one common trend you will see through the majority of these vehicles is that they had some passive action feature or some interactive piece to it that allowed you to be outside, and it was acceptable and okay. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, there's the Air Commandos, which is a very rare, hard-to-find uh series or release but they were gi joes you attached to thin plastic gliders and you could throw them around and the one i linked i had skymate who i think was australian Mm. which i thought was brilliant but (laughs) you could take them outside and you could throw them now if i remember correctly the glider itself didn't last very long it was kind of a brittle plastic but i did have it for a long time i also had the battle copters the the ripcord choppers that you would pull the ripcord and they would go flying up in the air uh, that was extremely fun. Uh, there was the Shark 9000, which is one of my all-time favorite vehicles because anytime you put a pointless number like a 9000 on the end of a vehicle, you know it's got to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And well, well, especially when you're put, putting a pointless number like 9000, it's over 9000! I don't know what made it 9000. Was there an 8000? Was there a... <laughs> yeah. That's was right. there even a 2000? I don't know, but it was a really cool, almost catamaran style assault boat that had numerous features, including a squirt gun. I, not something that you would ever really think of to throw in, but it had a, a plastic tube that ran through the uh, bottom of the boat and you had your guy sitting at the top and he could squirt water at people. You could launch torpedoes that worked really well. It was a very fun vehicle, and and GI Joes being cheaper, but also something you could just have fun with. 
the the manta ray was an inflatable raft for your gi joes you actually inflated it yourself and you threw it in the water in the tub in the sink wherever you wanted it uh, i still have both my original and i got a replacement several years ago the razor blade i actually have a really good memory of the razor blade uh, around fourth of july going to lake michigan going to the beach to watch fireworks and my brothers and i playing with this helicopter that had a, a zip line or a ripcord or whatever you want to call it and you could just have this thing flying between the two of you based on who was holding or pulling on the ripcord it didn't work super well but being able to take that to the beach and play somewhat realistically with it because it was designed to actually grab onto characters based on a backpack that came with it like it was supposed to be almost a rescue helicopter of some sort not sure we just used it to knock stuff over but it was a lot of fun (laughs) right and one of my good friends justin walshield actually had mentioned that one of his favorite summer toys that he would throw off the deck numerous times was one of the gi joes with a parachute and again you have these i don't know if you want to call it a passive action feature or a functional action feature but it's something that if you took it outside it just made a whole lot of sense Mm -hmm. I even threw in the very rare Dino Hunter set that I actually had gotten, which if I could tell my childhood self to take care of everything, I totally would, because Mm -hmm. this set is now worth all of the money. (laughs) Yeah. But it came out right around the time that Jurassic Park did. And I love Jurassic Park and I loved being outside and exploring. And it's actually a really cool vehicle with two really great figures. And that was a lot of fun to take outside. I do still have one of the figures, and I do have the dinosaur from that set. But that that made me want to go outside, take it outside, and hunt down dinosaurs in my backyard. So anything that really was memorable were all of these different toys that got me outside and got me to do something and got me to go on adventures or have something stuck up in a tree that later I had to get a parent to take out, which happened a few times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, G.I. Joe's, not necessarily a specific summer toy, but man, if you could get outside and play with them, they were fantastic. Yep. And then we salute Sarge and his troops. All I can think of is R. Lee Ermey as the voice of Sarge from Toy Story when I think of Green Army men now. (laughs) <laughs> seriously that's all i can think of and, and so we're moving on to the next big summer toy and that was green army men i so it wasn't necessarily the green Mar- green army men we my brothers and i love gi joe we had tons of gi joes that was our bread and butter for the most part of our life growing up but green army men inspired us to go out in our backyard with a couple of shovels and dig a whole terrain for them <laughs> and so we would actually dig like a trench that would go maybe about eight feet long. It would have different lagoons or canyons. We would dig them pretty deep and we would set up the tan and the green army men on either side with vehicles and everything. We'd grab the garden hose and we would have a full roaring rapid going right through that entire canyon. And my mom said that one of her favorite memories was she'd give us a bag of those army men, give us some shovels, and she knew we would be occupied for six to seven hours, just nonstop mm-hmm. digging in the dirt. And she loved it. It's a very authentic way to play. It's very imaginative. She didn't really care because we had we, we were very fortunate to live 
with quite a bit of property that if we dug a couple holes, nobody would really notice. Yeah. And I, that's still some of my favorite memories because you could build bridges, you could put sticks across for logs, and you could set up entire battle scenes. And I don't know if it was necessarily just that it was Green Army Men. <clears throat> they were disposable. If, if we lost <laughs> one in the mud, you lose one in the mud. It's part of the yeah. story. Yeah. But it, I, I think it was the experience of digging those giant holes and just not caring about the outcome because we didn't need to. And then when eventually we figure out how to attach a pump so we, we had, uh, what do you call it? Not a sump pump, but just like a water evacuator pump. Yeah. It's a, it was about the size of a lantern, I guess I would say. When we figured out how to use that to cycle the water through versus using water from our well. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, you want to talk <laughs> about just managing a water supply and getting through. We couldn't, we couldn't figure out how to, to prevent the water from just soaking into the dirt. But yeah, that, w- that was good time. So I think if anything, that that one topic green army men is more just digging in the dirt see, yeah no absolutely and see back then we could actually dig in the dirt like for me i would i, I so our the house that we lived in from 89 to 93 we had a front yard that was all you know, grass, and on the side of the yard we had a hill because we live right by a hill. And Mass- it's Massachusetts, so it's all trees in the back. It's all tree-lined and everything else. Yeah. And we were, like, literally 20 steps away from the train tracks. So every day at 3 o'clock, the house is going to shake. So anyway, instead of going out into the into the front yard and digging holes, I would go into the woods I would take my toys and my friends and whatever, and we'd go into the woods and play in the woods. And like you said, we would use more so larger sticks. We would use, like, fallen tree branches and things like that for bridges and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, The Green Army men, they were awesome. They were those nondescript toys that you could really use your imagination with. Like... They weren't Transformers. They weren't Mask. They weren't He-Man. They weren't G.I. Joe. They were just Green Army men that you could make up your own damn story with. You didn't have, and people did that with those other toy lines I just mentioned. But I never wanted to take my Optimus Prime into the woods because I didn't want him to get tree sap on him. But if a little Green Army man got a piece of sap on him, I didn't care. <laughs> well, and, and I don't think. I don't think there's anything wrong with having disposable toys to an extent. You don't mm-hmm. want wasteful toys. No. But having disposable toys that if they got destroyed in the process of play, yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think we can have a whole nother topic about toys that we enjoy destroying or oh, of course. regret destroying. <laughs> but to kind of speak to the playing in the woods, so we lived in a very... Uh, forested area. Our entire property was completely tree-lined and we had a small grove for lack of a better term, smack in the middle of our property. We, As far as I know, my family bought up the, this two and a half acres way back when the land was like super cheap beyond what you can even imagine right now in the same area. Right. But there was this little grove and we're going to save the story for why it's called what it is for another day. Okay. But it, but it was called Pooh Forest. 
and that could go so many different ways. I mean, you could take piglets, you could take rabbits, you could take tiggers, or you could go shit in the woods. It was because we, when the mm-hmm. house was being built, we would go poop in those woods. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, long story short. Anyways, mm-hmm. so not because of the fact that we pooed in the woods, but the dirt in this area, because of the tree cover, the dirt was very fine. It was not very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't very solid. It wasn't very dry. So you could stand G.I. Joe's. You could stand almost any toys you wanted mm-hmm. easily in it. So, yeah, I would go out there and set up my G.I. Joe's and have massive battles and really enjoy the whole process because unlike on a carpet, I could stand them up out there and they could fall into battles and I could splash dirt at figures and it would look Mm -hmm. like an explosion. It was amazing. Unfortunately, at some point, I did leave my Ninja Force nunchuck figure out there and I might have mentioned on a previous show that he got stuck in a tree until the following year. But I think part of summer is the ability to take your typical toy time outside for new experiences in nature that you wouldn't have had before. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day we can talk about playsets that weren't playsets like your backyard or like a dirt patch in yeah. your yard. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. What do you got coming up next here, sir? Well, do we want to look at what some other people were adding in? No, we're, we're doing that at the end. Okay. So the next one is more of a specific line that I got for one of my birthdays. I can't remember which, but I got two or three of them one summer. And I'm not sure why, but I could have described them as the toy of the summer. And that was that reboot stretch Armstrong line that came out in the mid nineties. And I'm trying to find what year that was. looks like it might've been 1992, Mm. but cap toys was looking to revitalize and bring back stretch Armstrong. And it had sort of a feeling of what was happening with toys at the time where it was, uh, it was, let's not, kind of define our own brand let's Mm -hmm. just put our guy in the costume of every other brand that's out there right now it's kind of like it's kind of like batman and funko they will make every single batman variant that they can (laughs) well i instead of just making variants this was literally all right gi joe's hot right now batman's Mm -hmm. hot right now ninjas are hot right now so there's a commando stretch armstrong a cyberspace a dark avenger a ninja uh, ninja warrior, a scuba stretch Armstrong. So it hit a lot of the flavors that were popular, including accessory packs and vehicles. It has a great car called a stretch limo. And I don't know what it was, but I feel like maybe because it had a slight cold start by releasing just the standard stretch Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I was beyond intrigued by it the commercials were creative i remember there was like kind of a muscular blonde dude who was really really stretching in the commercial that was really cool and i know i got the fetch armstrong as a toy which was a very versatile toy it fit in with i've mentioned in the past it fit in with just about everything it could stand on its own as a dog it could stretch and it worked across the board had a lot of really great unique accessories that's a fun one right there <laughs> and i also had 
Uh, they had another gang of bad guys called the Vac Pack, which was a super unique technology for for a toy where instead of the goop-filled, weird latex skin that Stretch Armstrong had, mm-hmm. have you ever had one? Have you ever felt one? A long time ago, but I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's a weird sensation if you, you know, because it, it kind of feels a little fleshy, but kind of not. Well, the, the Vac Pack was that same skin. I'm assuming it was the same skin, but they were filled with beads and you would actually mm-hmm. suck the air out of them. So you you could inflate them a little bit, but you could suck the air out of them. And when you did that, they became a little bit more rigid. So if they had air inside of them, they were just kind of like a floppy dog toy type feel to them filled with these beads. But when you suck the air out, you could stretch them a little bit more. They wouldn't necessarily go right back into place. It was a unique technology, and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I remember having that one. And I'm not sure why this has stuck with me so much as a kid. Maybe it hit all of my favorite spots of being neon colored and fit in with a lot of other toys. But it it was just, just one of those fun toy lines growing up. Had a couple of them. And I think it's because I always wanted more of them and never got them. And now if you actually try to find them, I don't know if they're expensive, but you don't want them because they're solid as a rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stretch Armstrongs to me were always going to end up the way of like old silly putty or old Play-Doh, like you just said, hard as a rock. It was it was a very unique technology to try to push, and I, maybe that's why they didn't succeed. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what what are some going prices for them right now. Stretch Armstrong, nineteen ninety two. <laughs> wow, nineteen ninety two. We're almost what thirty years away from that. Next okay, so year. Like, Scuba Stretch Armstrong is going for, not saying he's selling for this, but 90 bucks. Just a regular Stretch Armstrong, 100 bucks. Yeah, no thanks. The accessories are about 40 bucks. Yeah, if I'm going to spend that kind of, if I'm going to spend $100, it better be a super rare Funko Pop. By the way, I wanted to ask do you collect Funko Pops? Is that, uh, something, uh, uh, is that something you're funny. into? Funny. Funny guy. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at some other sold auctions. Variety of prices based on quality. Some yeah. are super cheap, but I, I don't think there's any reason to actually get into buying them because they're probably going to be fragile, frail, ready to fall apart. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I would hope that I am wrong, but. Uh, so, yeah, that was just a unique standout toy line for me. Uh, a little bit obscure, but a lot of fun. Awesome. Absolutely. Very cool. And then, oh boy, that old classic, and I've actually been researching this to see if it's still available. The old slip and slide from Whammo. So, you basically take a plastic tarp, throw <laughs> some water on it. <laughs> and the injuries just pile up. They're fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So slip and slides are still available. The country, the uh, the company started in '61, or the product started in '61, and it is still available today. I'm actually on the website. Slip and slide wave rider with boogle, boggle, whatever. Twenty five dollars. Slip and Slide Double Hydroplane XL, $35. Slip and Slide Surf Rider Double, $30. And those two are sold out. 
So the only one you can actually get currently is basically the single slip and slide wave rider. Man, $25 even back then seemed like seemed like a lot, but just looking at this thing now, holy crap, $25 for a tarp. Uh no. And so I never really was good at the slip and slide and I played baseball so I knew to how, how to mm-hmm. slide to an extent but I don't know if it's maybe I wasn't fast enough mm-hmm. I don't know if it's I was just doing something wrong but I would go and do the slip and slide maybe get about halfway down get covered in blades of grass mm-hmm. I'd still yeah. get wet but it, I would have some aches and pains afterwards and mm-hmm. then they go and they push what is it crocodile mile I think mm-hmm. yep I think my uh, my friend Tina posted this, the crocodile mile of the same concept that you run, slide through, go through some random strips of plastic that looks like an alligator's mouth, mm-hmm. and you land in a small pool of water. Yeah. And again, never got that to work. I'd usually have to run alongside of the slip and slide about halfway, then jump on just to get up there. It's a great toy. I it, many many great memories, and I think I even used one as an adult a couple times. I think at maybe a uh, a friend's party a couple years ago, but I would not even dare try one now. I I would probably separate a shoulder. Yeah, that, yeah, no, I I couldn't even do this back then, like as a kid, because again, like I said, I'm a disabled person. So as a yeah. kid, it's like I like I tried. I usually ended up like, you know, either belly flopping on the stupid slip and slide thing or I would end up sideways and the thing would wrap around me <laughs> it was never a good, good thing. And like we've been saying and kind of making fun of it, like it's a tarp with water on it. Like it would almost be better served if like which it wouldn't be because it would be too hot if it was on asphalt instead of grass. Well, so an issue that I always had was that I might actually hit on target and maybe be fast enough to get all the way down. Mm-hmm. The reason I'd rather have it be on grass than on asphalt is that I might go a little diagonal there towards the end of my track. Yeah. Fall right off. Yeah. So that did happen to me a lot. But I, I think the best design for it is what Tina posted here with the crocodile mile, because I, I don't mm-hmm. know what most slip and slides finish with but it seems like you just kind of get to the end and you're done and maybe if you got enough momentum you're just going to go tumbling off the back this at least had a nice pool of water to land in yeah and it would get filled with blades of grass and dirt and like collect sweat or sunblock or whatever people were wearing at the time but at least it gave you something at the end so it wasn't just Mm -hmm. like hey hopefully you don't hit the thorn bush that's at the end of this Mm -hmm. but wow what a waste of water i hate to say it but so much water probably gets wasted in that first world problems, right? Yeah. Yes. So I have this on mute, but I'm watching one of the old crocodile mile commercials. I think one of the reasons why I never had this was because it was so creepy to me. First of all, the kids running in the woods, looking at a real crocodile and he finds this flat surface and he slides through the thing and lands in the pool. They have an animation in the ad where it looks like an animated crocodile is swallowing you up and then spitting you out. It's creepy as all hell. Well, how many other animals could you come up with with that genius 
oh, whole no, rhyming I, scheme I, no, of absolutely. Crocodile Mile. Yeah, no, 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 I, no. I'm I'm just saying the commercial. Oh, I'm not defending is, it. I'm yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, like, yeah, you're right. It is an awesome thing. It'll, you're right. You do need something at the end there instead of just having to land in the grass. Yeah, stupid slipping slides. And and I. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to remember because my brothers and I did a lot of crazy stuff. And I think we always hope for a way to have our slip and slide end into a pool or something. Because we always had those little kiddie pools that had the plastic tarp bottom and then like the slightly more rigid plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of bowl. I remember we had those for a little while, but we used ice cold well water to fill those things up on a summer day. <laughs> and the one thing I remember about trying to fill those up with that well water if you ever had well water it's got a delightful sulfuric egg smell yeah it does go away it does off gas a little bit so you don't have to worry about it afterwards but it comes out 50 degrees maybe so you would go and fill up that pool and you would stand in it and you would just be absolutely beyond afraid to sit down or do anything the whole time and the same went for the slip and slide. It wasn't a slip and slide. It was a slip and freeze your ass off. <laughs> and it was actually more exciting to slide down it and off and warm up again before you went again. Uh, yeah, I could, like I said, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I could never get it to work right. So I, I would always get frustrated with the slip and slide as a kid. I oh, think before Armstrong made it on the Pawn Stars. Wait, what did? Stretch Armstrong. The, oh the yeah, one yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. I'll put that in the collection <laughs> of stuff. So before we terminate this episode of the podcast, because ah, there are Terminator that. toys. Yeah, exactly. See, you, you gotta worry. You gotta worry. You gotta. You gotta wait for the uh, for the transition. So in the lovely Toy World Order fans group on Facebook, hosted by Jason Duvall and Dave Draper. I posted that we were recording this episode and asked people basically what are their summer toy memories kind of thing. And uh, Billy Dubois, I assume that's how you pronounce your name, Billy. I'm sorry, my buddy. Fuck Billy. It up. We'll, we'll say, okay, we'll say it every different way we can. So there's Billy Dubois, mm-hmm. Billy, Billy, uh, Dilly Budois. <laughs> now I didn't get his first name screwed up, but yeah. Uh, I actually kind of like that Dilly Boo Boys. Um, God, st- no, no, don't, don't. You no, I, I can't even go. This may be an explicit podcast, but I can't go where my brain just went. Anyway, Billy says was usually Transformers and Super Soakers for me. Ha ha ha. And there's that obscure and rare Super Soaker figure. Have you ever seen that? No. I'll see if I can pull it up, and I'll okay. pull. I'll put a link in. Okay. Uh, and then some weird guy said Waterworld toys. I don't know why he said that, because uh, those are definitely not summer toys you want to play with. Uh, <laughs> Again, I know you're going to give me my forum to talk about. Yes, that's episode 112. So I know, you, I know you're going to. Yes, yes, yes. Jeff Gerbal says that he had a pool in his backyard and large container of mussels. His sister... And he used them as dive toys. He still has them all. 
but the prolonged chlorine and sun exposure has bleached them out some. I also did an outdoor G.I. Joe mud pit a time or two. My parents unearthed a Joe while gardening years later. <laughs> I, I'm sure I still have a couple of G.I. Joes all throughout my old property. I know there was a couple of Ghostbusters that got lost my grandparents, but that's awesome. Like Using toys as dive toys in a pool, especially mm-hmm. something like muscle, had to be so fun. And muscle is such a versatile i think i've got a couple around here i'm not going to use them for diving but (laughs) i i I could just envision that i think we used some gi joes we didn't we had a couple muscles but for some reason we didn't use those but i i think just even speaking to in general pool toys like dive toys those were always the most fun and then when you got angry at somebody you're swimming with and you throw them in the deep end and you're like Mm -hmm. deal with it and then they Mm -hmm. get left down there for three days until an adult gets them but anyways yeah, the, the G.I. Joe mud pit had to be fun. Absolutely. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. What's the weather like? I don't know. We're not a weather podcast. Emmanuel Gonzaga says, I didn't really have summer action figures or toys, but definitely got into the super soakers, even at garage sales. It wasn't until my brother got a little bit older that I busted out a rhino and water moccasin for the pool. The rhino in the pool? That's what he says. I. I, I will admit that I did have one of the who is it? Um Lannard. I had a Lannard army truck that I would drive into the pool. It had a cloth canvas on it, uh a tarp, what do you call it? Um that goes over the back of like a military truck. Wow, I am good with the words today. No, you're really not. No, I'm terrible with them, but <laughs> I always, I always had, had a, a thing that when I had a figure with cloth toys, when it fell in the water, I just thought it was cool, but I, yeah, I would be driving trucks into the water, but I don't know if he was driving the rhino into the pool or water moccasin I get, but yeah, maybe I'm yeah. not sure. And as you already said, your friend Tina mentions uh crocodile mile. And then Mark Anthony says that he had a Northwestern Wildcats basketball, and we cut a hole in a milk crate and played basketball in the alley. Loved that basketball. So Mark grew up in the city, and that actually sounds like a lot of fun in the summer when you had to make do and you had to maybe stay you know, somewhat in a safer area to play basketball or whatever the reason was behind it. Mm-hmm. But that was always a fun thing in the summer, too, is just make up something uh, mm-hmm. some way to play whatever you want with the things you had. And I, I, I always thought that was one of the best elements of, of summer play as well. Just improvise, make it happen. It's going to yep. feel the same. Man, that super soaker figure. Holy crap. I never knew that existed. <laughs> yeah. So that wow. it's a very rare, very obscure figure. I used to see it all the time in the stores and I never got it, but it, it looks like it's made out of the super soaker 50 and it mm-hmm. does it does squirt water and <laughs> it looks like a ton of fun but i think i saw one go for like 400 lately oh jeez yeah but i i think for billy combining both super soakers and transformers that's what you get mm-hmm. so hopefully he catches that yeah the the picture says uh, internal water reservoir so it must squirt water that would make sense for an action feature for a super soaker toy. Now I'm kind of like, I almost want to send this to Funko. Hey, you guys going to make one of these? 
They make everything else. <laughs> All right. So, well, I'm looking right now online on on eBay for Super Soaker Man. They have some keychains. Oh, actually, the price looks like it came down for some reason. Maybe I was way off, but you can get it for under 50 bucks in the package. Mm. Now I cool. feel. But there was a rare Hasbro Super Soaker Iron Man 2 water blaster gun that went for 80 don't know why that looked pretty standard, pretty typical, but I don't know, maybe I'll have to watch out for this uh, Super Soaker Man. Here we go. All right, let's move on to last topic. Let's terminate this podcast. Yes, really. Oh man, these toys. Whew. That that uh, T one thousand or is that? Yeah, no, that's Arnold with the the damaged chest and wow. Whew. Which series? Holy cats. There's Oh no, the one that's it's just a figure with he's got leg damage and black suit. Second to last picture. Uh let's see, three D. Uh it's the uh the exclusives. Future war, no, it's external link. Future oh exclusives, yeah. Uh don't know what that was exclusive to. But we are talking about one of the smash hits of 1991, I want to yep. say. No. I'm going to feel like an idiot if I get this year wrong. Uh, ter- 1991. So, 1991. Yeah, Terminator 2 comes out. R-rated movie. Just a box office. Power. Juggernaut. Yep. Yeah. It, I just watched it two days ago. And it was still holding up as a great film and Kenner was the master of saying, Hey, you know what would be great? Let's take that R rated film. Let's make toys out of it and let's market them to children. And they did, and they marketed it brilliantly to kids. And I think anybody who grew up around this time had to have at least one Terminator toy. They had to, it was a pop culture phenomenon, but they had Every version of the Terminator that did not show up in that movie in the least bit, not even a chance. Nothing was close except for maybe the exploding T-1000 and the John Connor. (laughs) But you had power arm Terminator who had three different arms you could rotate between. You had secret weapon Terminator who I can't remember what his oh, whose face and chest pop down and he's got a rocket launcher that comes out of the top of his chest. The only ones that were really screen accurate, again, the John Connor, the Techno Punch Terminator, which is just your your standard T-800 without any sort of skin on them. Yeah. But I still remember that summer. It was either a friend of mine or a brother uh, who was at a birthday party who saw a kid get a bunch of these for their birthday. And so it was probably early June. And he was describing to me the motorcycle that came out with this. Have you ever have you ever seen that motorcycle, the the heavy metal cycle? I know I've seen several of these vehicles, but I don't remember it right off the top of my head. So it's the heavy, the Terminator Two heavy metal cycle, and it fires hyper missile, and it has a lever on it that sort of pops up the gas tank as kind of a shield, or it pops it up so it can launch out a missile, and. As I had seen the movie as a kid, uh, I don't remember how in 1991 how I saw an R-rated film, but I did. 
I think it was at the drive-in, so I just had the opportunity to do it. But this was a, just a bonkers toy line and era for toys because you had the mobile assault vehicle. So Terminator had his own car. Mm-hmm. He needed to carpool and take his, his child protege, his future leader of the resistance, to soccer practice. Come on, Johnny boy. <laughs> Let's get going. We are going to be late. Mm-hmm. But I had, as as a kid, gotten a couple of these that year. I know I got the Endo Glow, the, uh, let's see, the Techno Punch. I got that one. I got the Blast Apart T-1000, Exploding T-1000 that uses the same mechanism as the R- other R-rated toy line that was coming out around the same time, the Scorpion Alien from the Aliens line. I was all about the R-rated toy lines. And that sounds really weird thinking about it now, but... <laughs> I had so many of them and my favorite of all time and I still have I have it in the package I have it loose and then I have the Kenner upgrade and it's not even close to being film accurate was the where is it this is great airtime it's okay let's listen so to them scrolling yeah, so, through the power power arm terminator so while yeah. you're while you're looking for power arm terminator terminator 2 judgment day was released wide throughout the united states july 3rd 1991 it was released on vhs december 11th of 1991 so how you probably saw it unless you actually did go to a drive-in in 1991 is that you probably saw it on vhs unless you specifically remember going to a theater. Um, and honestly Obviously being 30 years ago, <laughs> I can barely remember what I did yesterday. Yeah. I remember seeing Batman 89 in the theater. I was nine years old. So anyway, well, the, the toy point, line had, had, sorry, go ahead. Well, the point is, is that the, the whole from theater to media release back then it was usually a six-month turnaround or a year turnaround, and I'm actually surprised that I am, and I'm not surprised that Terminator was released on VHS for Christmas 1991 because obviously they wanted to get the Christmas crowd. Well, I am relatively certain that the toys are already out that summer because mm-hmm. it's not unusual for movies like that to have their toy tie-ins to come out at least a month or two ahead of time to kind of build up hype. Weirdly, they're building up hype again for not a kid's movie. It is a adult Mm -hmm. R rated movie, but they marketed it really well as if it would go right to kids Mm -hmm. with a Terminator with a squirt gun feature. Of course. Yes. A glow in the dark feature. And a lot of these different features are borrowed from other toy lines. So, the damage repair Terminator has a gun that was also used in G.I. Joe. I don't I think maybe right after that Kenner was bought out by Hasbro and that they borrowed those molds and used them. <laughs> uh, I think actually one of the bad guys, according to Duvall, one of the bad guys, I think the cyber grip villain might have been up to be used in. Oh, this is going to drive me nuts. <laughs> another toy line and now i feel really dumb about this because i (laughs) 
I thought I knew this, but he he was borrowed from another toy line, maybe Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, so the the one summer toy thing that I could never take out. I mean, I took it outside, but I always used to pretend I because my dad was a mechanic. Still is a mechanic. He's never not been a mechanic, but he would always be fixing things and everything else. Remember the old Tonka trucks, like the dump truck and the crane and the whatever? Yeah. Well, I had I had one of those Tonka cranes, and I would always take that outside and just lay in the grass and just kind of like hammer away at it like I was fixing it or something. So, yeah. The only toys, like I said, that I didn't really take outside were... Transformers and that kind of stuff because to me they were oh put Optimus Prime in the chair of Castle Grayskull and have him have the power. <laughs> I think if you could have any opportunity to throw that sword in somebody else's hand, you should just go with it. <laughs> but, I mean, Bucky O'Hare, Optimus Prime. Who else could we have? Leonardo, which they mm-hmm. kind of had an homage to that. Yep. So Leonardo, hey, even Kevin Costner could have one day had the power from Waterworld. Yep. Maybe, but never. It, he would have had a brilliant Eternian accent in that role. Just like he had a great British accent in Prince of Thieves. I guess. I mean... No, he had a terrible British <laughs> They told him to stop trying. It was so bad. Yeah, I know. So he talks like somebody from, like, Ohio or something. Ohio, eh? Ohio. <laughs> He's from Ohio. Yes, but... But, but go ahead. What you say? I was just going to say, just to kind of wrap on Terminator 2, I, I, I think the Terminator 2 line is just a great example of one of those movie lines that came out in the summer really was probably pushed starting around may so i always had the opportunity of maybe getting one or two for my birthday and your summer was going to be filled with that because you more than likely saw the movie to go with it and it kind of influenced your play pattern going through for the remainder of the summer so terminator 2 is a great example of that and i think we could always look at other movies down the line of other Mm-hmm. Uh, other toy lines that also had that same effect, but Terminator 2 for a toy line based on an R-rated movie that the only extended media that it had after that was the Universal Studios 3D, 4D ride experience, just the Terminator 3D ride mm-hmm. that had a mix of live actors and projected uh, visuals supposed to be an outstanding ride, outstanding show, but they actually were able to connect that into the toy line with the Terminator 2 3D. And then they had a future war line, which Kenner just kind of did that there. They would say, Hey, we've got a good concept here. Let's make some new molds, give it a new branding has no tie to any cartoons. And still did. Yep. Pretty well. And that's what they did with aliens. But again, just, just really fun, straightforward Kenner toy line, got the job done. That's my piece. It's kind of sad because the Terminator franchise is all but dead. Apparently when your film entitled Dark Fate underperforms that uh, 
and it's supposed to be a new trilogy, it's not exactly going to work. Sadly, there has been no official word from Universal or whoever has the rights to Terminator as far as whether there will be more movies or not. And I have not seen Dark Fate yet. I probably will watch it just because I've watched all the other ones, even that crappy Salvation movie. I'm gonna, all right, I'm 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 gonna do a hot take, controversial opinion right now, right here. I enjoyed Rise Terminator Three more than I enjoyed Salvation. I will admit that I'm the opposite. I actually had a preference for Salvation over Three. I just can't see Batman as a Terminator or as a Terminator John Connor person, whatever. And then Genesis was just weird. Genesis was like, hey, guess what? We're going to ta- we're going to pull in Avengers. We're going to time travel to the first movie. I'm like, oh, John. Genesis so that- was like as if they took a fan fiction mm-hmm. and not a well-written one. <laughs> yeah. And said, hey, what if we recast somewhat similar actors try to act out the same stuff have a lot of people say hey i remember that scene i remember that concept and then switch it all up it's sort of an example of well let's give somebody a bunch of toys from that line and have them play around with them and write down all their notes and then turn that into a movie that's genesis they didn't even spell genesis Mm -hmm. right either that's what (laughs) makes me mad they could have just leaned into the sega and said hey that terminator over there is disguised as a sega genesis roll credits done Mm -hmm. moving on yeah but salvation i think just had some aspects to it that i thought were a little bit more original something we hadn't really seen before does it hold up anymore no but terminator 3 (laughs) i didn't like the guy who replaced edward furlong I didn't mind the villain. I felt some aspects of Arnold were cool. Some were the the beginning when he gets his suit and he puts on the star glasses. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's such an iconic scene from Terminator 2. Such a memorable, hardcore, just amazing scene of him stepping out of that biker bar and putting the sunglasses on after he takes them out of the guy's jacket. Just, just amazing scene. You're just really not (laughs) there's there's a reference that's great but that that just came off as just kind of disrespect and meh yeah so yes uh coming up next here inside toy cast i don't know what we're doing i don't know if it's going to be a toy talk i don't know if it's going to be an origins i don't know if it's going to be a display case Let's do all of them at once and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I am not sitting here for two hours. Plus, Origins take or Toycast Origins episodes, especially when you have people that take an hour for each question of forty-two questions. That's a lot of editing. That's a lot of. That's a lot. No display case. It's like quick, 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 quick. You have a toy. Hey, that, you have a toy. A- you have a toy. Post-COVID, I didn't really talk to anybody. Sort of conversation there, but I understand what uh-huh. you're saying. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if we pile it all into one, it'll be a f- another five-hour show, and I'm no, not I, doing that. <laughs> I was just kidding about I that, know. but I know. I I I don't know what we should do do next. I we'll look at the schedule. 
Yeah, we'll look at the schedule. We'll figure it out. Because, like I said, episode 112 is Josh and his uh, water boxes. Josh and his water moccasins. Josh and his Kevin Costner love. So, I'm excited for that one. (laughs) Yeah. And I've had a few people even reach out to me who are listening to say, I actually liked Waterworld, too. (laughs) <laughs> so I appreciate the forum. I'm not going to be preaching the greatness <laughs> that is Waterworld. I'm simply going to be explaining uh, some of the origins of my fascination with it. Okay. But also, I will be going into some side information as to why it ended up failing in the theaters, which largely comes down to bad press about production. I think if if it wasn't for the bad press about production, it may have actually done better. You can mm. snicker all you want, but it was a, it, it did play a large role. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I'm also going to try to track down some research into the toy line because it is a unique toy line that I'd, I, I would have to look and see other similar header releases right afterwards, but I would say it was one of the last... One of the last, like, Kenner-licensed movie lines that came out that was sort of a standalone, mm-hmm. once-and-done sort of tie-in. Mm-hmm. Probably, I'm probably wrong about that, but I would say it's one of the last, because Kenner kind of folded not long after that. But Right, yeah. But there's some aspects to it where it borrows from a lot of other Kenner lines. There's a lot of gimmicks and action features and stuff in it that they, they clearly borrowed from other toys throughout the last... From I think they came out in 95, so I would say there's a couple yeah. of gimmicks that they borrowed from almost the last eight years that are tied into it. So yeah, And I, I saw the movie a long, long time ago. I don't remember it at all. I will either read a Wikipedia article or something, or I will try to watch the trailer or something. But I'm sorry, that's not a movie I want to rent for $4 at either Amazon or Vudu or whatever. What I find funny is I think the Amazon prices for to buy it, to own it on Amazon, is like $5 more expensive than Vudu. <laughs> well, I have, oh, I have it on something. On you have video. it on Betamax or something like that, yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, I've got a couple different versions on it. I, I have the director's cut, but I also have the Ulysses cut, which is like the fan edit that actually became 
a fully produced DVD because it mm-hmm. ties in a lot of lost footage, but it's really poorly put together because they have music cues that don't make sense. Mm. But I, I'll go in, I'll go into my explanation of the movie and I actually remember I don't know if I actually got the toys when they came out. I think I got them two or three years later, or at least a few of them. I will say that I I just tested out the boat. I sent you a video. I tested mm. out the boat recently. I'm missing several parts of it, but I yeah. did test it out. That thing still works really well in the water. Just throwing that out there. Works better. <laughs> like so, I also so I put the boat in the water. We have a little kiddie pool for my wife and I. We don't have kids, but right. We put the boat in the in the pool, and it does coast pretty well, and it catches the wind even without a sail because it <laughs> lost the sail. But I did take a pop, and I threw that in the water. Which and, pop? Uh, my Goliath one. It just sank to the bottom and drowned. Well, first of all, Funko Pops are not meant to be water toys. I just was comparing the two uh-huh. because you – it's like, all right, so if you're going to make fun of me for Waterworld toys, all right, let's just compare some qualities. So one floats in the water really well. The other doesn't. So, so far, winner, Waterworld toys. Yeah, but nobody in their right mind would try to play. I mean, maybe if you had kids, play with Funko Pops in the tub. But Funko Pops are not for kids. They're for collectors. Well, Waterworld toys are for both. So, point, Waterworld mm-hmm. toys. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get the heck. You, you just keep giving me the ammunition to prove uh-huh. that they are the best. Right. Not really, no. Do Funko Pops have little pack-ins of extra seafaring creatures that are translucent and creepy looking? Why would they? Point, Waterworld toys. I mean, they do get. We're 3-0. No- no- right no, 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 no. John Wick begs begs to differ. John Wick and Bob Ross beg to differ with you, sir. Because I can look right now at my John Wick Funko Pop, and it has his little black dog from the third film. The Bob Ross figure comes with various animals and other things. Do you have Dennis Hopper? I don't know if they made it. Point to Waterworld, because I have a Dennis Hopper. I actually have two Dennis Hoppers on my shelf, which is... I'm going to strangle you. Strangle you. I'm going to reach through my microphone and just be like... Hey gamers, TV's Mr. Neil here. The Gaming Hipster is my personal podcast in which I take you on a journey through my history of gaming, both new and old. Each month is a new topic show in which I bring you my console memories, give reviews of my favorite video games, and talk with cool guests. People have made cartridges. I've actually played Netflix on Nintendo. I was making sure that I got everything. I was writing it all down. They fixed that for the third fake prototype. (laughs) And that's the first time I remember seeing real animated boobs. Find the podcast at geekcastradio.com or on Spotify. You can also hear a deluxe version of The Gaming Hipster at ravinghipster.com or patreon.com slash Mr. Neil. For $2 a month, you can hear longer versions of the podcast with after-show segments and stuff too raw for the internet. You also get various topic shows, my commentary podcast, The Big Bad Movie Show, commercial-free geek cast stuff, and more. All at patreon.com slash Mr. Neil and ravinghipster.com. Do you like retro cartoons? Then Saturday Morning Rewind is the podcast for you. Join them each month as they talk about classic cartoons and interview legendary voice actors like Jim Cummings. I am the terror that flaps in the night. 
Corey Burton. Sometimes things can be so funny. Rob Paulson. Sure, Brian, but how are we going to find chaps our size? Nancy Cartwright and many more. Eat my shorts. So grab a bowl of Lucky Charms. Put on your hammer pants. Go to SaturdayMorningRewind.com. And be prepared to feel like a kid again. Once again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Saturday Morning Rewind was voted best podcast ever by its host, Tim Nidell. So it's got to be good. What was that universal greeting again? Never mind, I remember. Ba weep, grana. Weep, ninibong. Hey guys, it's Rodimus Primal, and be sure to check out my YouTube channel. Join me as I have Transformers discussions, retrospectives, toy reviews, and more. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rodimus Primal, as well as Facebook and Instagram at Rodimus Primal Show. Transform and roll out, and be sure to check out my content till all are one. Last big party of the summer, folks. Let's go out with a bang. On the Simplistic Reviews Podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk... Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. Discover a world of vintage and modern toys that's more than meets the eye with the Triple Takeover Toycast. Hosted by toy writers and photographers Toybox Soapbox, 6-0, and TF Square One, this informal and chilled-out series of discussions cover everything from vintage Transformers to Mask, Diaclone, Microman, and more, be it nostalgic or current. Whether you're a seasoned collector or a casual robot enthusiast, all are welcome. Triple Takeover Toycast. On that note, folks, thank you for joining us here on Toycast. If you'd like to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can comment on this and all of our other episode posts from all the other, this and all the other shows. Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, leave us reviews, Spotify, and any other podcasting client you choose to use. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio is the network, at TF Toycast is Toycast's Twitter. I'm at TFU and Mike. You can follow Josh at Floorburger553. I just had a resounding conversation with somebody about the ghostbusters movie from 2016 so you can always catch my diplomatic conversation about that if you want or jump in on it mm-hmm. but by the time this comes out that'll be yeah that'll be months months old this is august folks okay so uh, be- about a month old. never mind yeah. don't do that don't do that become a fan of facebook go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network you can also search out tf toycast over there as well for now i am tfu and mike with Josh the Floorburger. Join us next time and we'll be talking more toys here on Toycast. Peace out, y'all.